Welcome to a Sterling Harris Ministries teaching of thriving in a love relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Victory and God's best for you. I just want to start with, uh, with a word of prayer real quick and, and just, uh, just have the Holy Spirit release even more of an anointing that He's already released in this place. This, the anointing is heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy in this place. Hallelujah. And I just want to know, I was, I, mean, I, was, I was praising, I was, I was feeling it. The Spirit of God was just, was just in me, on me, around me, and just everywhere. So Lord God, we just thank you, Father, for your anointing. We thank you for your Holy Spirit power, oh God. We thank you that your Holy Spirit fire will fall down upon this place. Lord, for where your fiery, fiery love is, Lord, there can be no bondage. For where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom and there is victory. Lord, we claim the victory today for each and every person here, Lord. We pray a love relationship in their lives. Lord, Holy Ghost, pour out upon us, Lord. And Lord, pour me out by so you can be lifted up, Lord. For you know the words that one can not only be saved, but by the words, your word, we will live in the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, thank you guys. Thank you guys. So when Mr. Paul and I were talking about me coming to preach at your church, when I was asking God, I always asked God, Lord, what, what word do you want me to bring? Because over the years, I've been, I've been doing this now for, well, God has been calling me for a little bit. I had my Jonah experience where I was trying to give him the Heisman. And, you know, he, he's got long arms. Don't box with that guy. I've never won a fight yet. And I've got, I've got a seven foot one inch wingspan. And I wrestled 300 pound people for like about 15 years. And I won most of the time. And, uh, you know, wrestling him just never works. So please, don't try it. And so, so as I was asking God, what do you want, what do you want me to bring, Lord? What, what message do you want me to bring to your people? Immediately, Philippians 4, 6 came to my mind. And every time I thought about your church, every time I thought about you guys, every time I was praying and intercessing, and even when I was praying in the spirit, Philippians 4, 6 kept coming my spirit, coming my spirit. And he wanted me to talk about how to defeat anxiety and worry. Because anxiety and worry are crippling the body of Christ today. Yeah. There are so many Christians, well-meaning believers, that maybe say 15, 20 years. I know I was one of them that are championship warriors. I used to be one. A championship warrior. Like I had the I had the discount discount double check belt and everything. Uh, I was a championship warrior and God began to deal with me about worry. So if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn me Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And we're going to go ahead and start by reading the Word of God. And then we're going to, today we're going to discuss four simple, applicable truths to defeating worry in your life and living in the victory that Jesus Christ has provided for you. So it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will garrison, mount up a guard over your hearts through Christ Jesus. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, meditate and think on these things. The Apostle Paul said, these things which you learned, which you received, which you heard, which you saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. 
And so when I read this, God is telling us in here how to defeat worry and anxiety. And how many of us know that the United States spends billions of dollars a year on anti-anxiety medication? And a large majority of that, believers are buying it. <laughs> I know my mom's got some Xanax right now at the house. And I and I've 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 I put this teaching in her heart. She's beginning to walk in less anxiety. She's beginning to put this word to work. Because how many of you know this word will work for those who work it? That's right. Just because you're saved and you have a Bible doesn't mean the words the words in you where it can get out and make a difference in your life. Because you still have to release your faith. Amen. You still have to speak the word. This word this word are our spiritual preference as Christians is called the great confession. And in Romans 10, people just think that, okay, I've got to confess in my mouth, Lord Jesus. Believe in my heart, God raised him from the dead, and I'll be saved. For with the, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, unto the right thing of God, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. But how many of us know that salvation is just the first of many, many, many confessions? Amen. Jesus said, if you want to move a mountain, you've got to speak to it. He said, he's, Jesus teaching on faith said in Mark 11, 23, he said, have faith in God. For truly I say to you, whoever says, speaks to this mountain, it will be cast in the sea. But he said, you've got to speak to it. You've got to believe what you've said in your heart, not in your head, in your heart. And you've got to believe that those things you said will come to pass and you will have whatever you say. And then he went on to say that whatsoever things you desire, believe you receive them, and you'll have believed that they're the finished work of Jesus Christ. And if God says in his word, do not worry, do not be anxious, that means there's some word in here, there's some power in here, there's some power in here that can eradicate and destroy worry in your life, Amen. and anxiety in your life. Amen. But see, you've got to put it to work. Now there's a lot of times... That we just say that, well, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about this. But how many of us do, do we say, how many times do we say that, I'll worry about that later. But what do you end up doing? You end up worrying about it later, right? Or I've even heard preachers saying, man, I'm really worried about my congregation. I'm really worried about this. I'm really worried about that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, bro, man. Life and death is the power of the tongue. And those who love it, eat of its fruit. That's what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. So I share with them these three truths. And believe me, when I speak about this, I'm speaking because I was convicted of this first. This, this message is something I've been putting in play for years because I used to not know worry was a sin. And that's the first thing we're going to cover. Literally, there was a couple of years ago that I was just like, I thought too much worrying would rob you from peace, so too much worrying is bad. And I just thought a little bit was good. I mean, I, I was kind of like, if I don't worry about it, I don't really care about it. I've heard people say, I'm like, man, release your faith. Stop worrying about your kids. Stop worrying about your finances. Remove that word worry from your life. And they're like, they're like, Stone, I care about my kids. I got to worry about it. <laughs> I'm like, man, worry is meditation on fear. You're not helping your kids by worrying about them in fearful thoughts and negative thoughts. I said, you're going to worry. You're going you're to benefit them by releasing your faith instead of meditating on the negative. And so the first realization is that worry is a sin. I, don't get upset. Don't get condemned. God, God didn't tell us that in his word to condemn us. He told us that to set us free. Yeah. And so when he first had me have this realization, he was like dealing with me and I was kind of, I was, I was suffering from this worry and I was reading 
in Matthew when it says, don't be worried about or anxious about anything. And I was like, I was like, okay, Lord. And he was doing me. He said, throwing. I was like, well, it's worry is sin. I kept thinking to myself, and I got this kind of knowing in my spirit. When God speaks to you, you got that, got that knowing. And he said, he said, throwing the same God that said, don't murder and don't lie and don't steal. Did I also say, don't worry? Several times in my word, he started basically quoting me back the scriptures that I knew about do not worry. And I said, yes, God, you, you did say that. He said, well, if those things are sin, what's worry? I was like, it's, it's a sin. And I'm telling you, this revelation, I don't know about you guys, but I never knew. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, I just, and I, and I started to get, you know, the enemy started to come in and like, oh, what a wretched sinner you are, right? And, and I, God put it on my heart. So I, I revealed this to you to set you free. I revealed this to you so you can live in the freedom that I provided for you. I, I revealed this to you so you can stop living in defeat. And so that was really the first truth I want to share with you guys, the realization that worry is a sin. It's just not a, a lot of worries, just not bad. A little bit of worry can begin to get this root system of fear and anxiety in your life. And how many of you know you can't sow an apple seed and get an orange plant? You can't sow worry and fear and get love and patience. You can't sow thoughts of scarcity and lack and get abundance. Every seed will produce after its kind. So the truth, too, is as I was studying this out, God showed this in his word. And, it's, and Jesus was, was speaking about worry and teaching about it. And he said, by worrying. Can you add one hour or span to your life? And if you can't do something that simple, he says, then why worry? And I was like, and then he asked me this question. He said, Sterling, how many hours, months, years, and time have you wasted in your life worrying? Whew, I didn't have enough fingers and toes. I need one of those like really expensive calculators where they go to like the, the nth degree because I spent a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of years worrying. And how many of us know that stress of worrying, that anxiety, not only robs you of your peace, but you start to look, the wrinkles start to come. The peace starts to leave. You actually take away time from your life. I believe that there's a lot of people that end up having heart attacks and all kinds of hypertension, things like that, because the anxiety and the fear and the worry is, man, it's killing them. It's a cancer. It's a cancer. And so that's the second truth. If you can't add any time to your life by worrying, but you can take time away. For me, that was a realization. Like, hey, bro, I'm not helping myself. I'm not doing anything for myself or others by meditating on fear. That, was, that is the second truth. And the third truth is that we're going to, we're going to cover is it's called word replacement. And it's basically removing the word worry out of your life. And I know some of you are thinking like that really, that seems very small. That seems minute. That really, that's probably not going to help me. But if you say, I'm going to worry about that later, what are you going to end up doing? You're going to end up worrying about it later. If you say, I'm really worried about that. What are you going to do? You're going to worry about it. Yeah. So when when God was telling me on this, he was like, so I want you to remove the word worry from your life, eradicate it out of there. And I want you to replace it with, I'm concerned about that. I'm going to pray about it. What does that do? 
when a worrisome thought comes in my mind, so you can't help the thoughts that come into your mind. I know the enemy will try to condemn you a lot of times about the thoughts that come into your mind. And he'll be like, you shouldn't feel like that. You should feel shame, guilt, anything fear-based. Shame, guilt, condemnation. How many of you know God doesn't use that? The enemy is the only one who uses that tactic. So you can't help what thoughts come into your mind. But you have full capability. You have full power over your response to those thoughts. And so when those, when those thoughts come in, I say, you know what? Instead of saying, you know, I'll worry about that later or, you know, start meditating on fear. I, you know how your mind kind of starts to run when you get that anxiety and it runs all these different, you know, directions and things like that? You're like almost on this, like, Ferris wheel that you really want to get off of. This merry-go-rounds kind of spinning out of control. I know I can start on one worrisome thought and 15 minutes later I could maybe think about something way in the opposite direction. And it's just like this almost this snowball effect of worry in the negative aspect. So right when I start to get those those things, and right, I feel like kind of almost prompting right, rises up in my spirit, like, oh, don't be doing this. Like that anxiousness kind of right. And that's your spirit, really. A lot of that anxiety that people are feeling like right here, that's your spirit being like, hey, stop doing this. That's the spirit of God witnessing to you, like, hey, bro, you're not in a good place right now. Go ahead and release this to me. And so what I did is I took it out of my vocabulary. So when I said, you know what, I'm concerned about that, I'm going to pray about it, it reminded me to stop the negative thoughts and release my faith in the opposite direction that I was worried about or that I had to worry some thought of. So it reminds me always to release my faith in the opposite direction. And therefore, the things that before I was just meditating on fear and not getting anywhere, because how many times I have never come up with a solution while I was worried about something. I never, because my mind wasn't clear. It was always clouded. So when you begin to release your faith in the opposite direction of the enemy's temptation, then you not only start to wage the good warfare and win the battle, but you almost become too expensive for the enemy to deal with. Because every time he tempts you, you're going to pray opposite of the temptation. So that spiritual warfare that people talk about, people write books around, I've read a lot of them. And I'm like, it's, it came to me like in, in football, you got to have... Some offense too. People kept talking about all this defense, but I was like, you gotta have some offense too. You gotta start, you start gotta start battling the devil. The devil throws a fire yard at me, I'm throwing a stone back at him of faith. I'm waking up, I'm waking up my sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah, get on out of here. Get. You gotta talk to him like that. If you know your authority in Christ Jesus, it says that I've, I've given you power over all the enemy, that I've given you the power to tread out serpents and scorpions. So if you know who you are in Christ, then you can talk to the devil like that. I talk to him like that because he's a defeated foe. And God asked me one time when I was in I was in a prayer session and I was praying in the spirit and he asked me a question. This question just kind of prompted my mind. And I heard, how do you lose a battle that's already been won for you? I was like, and I wrote it down. I was like, how do I lose a battle that's already won for me? I don't. And I thought about it for at least two or three minutes. And I was like, I was like, I'm a pretty wise guy, Lord. I'm trying to think. I couldn't think of it. How do I, how do I lose a battle that's already won for me? He's like, I don't know that I give up. Please tell me. He said, you forfeit. He said, Sterling, how many times have you forfeited your peace to fear? 
How many times have you forfeited your victory over the enemy? How many times have you forfeited your finances? How many times have you forfeited your relationships to unforgiveness or irritation or frustration? You keep forfeiting the victory that I already purchased for you. And I was like, wow, that is a revelation. And that's when, I, that's when God began to teach me how to come back and wage the good warfare. Because the battle's already been won for us, but still, we have to wage a good warfare. We have to release our faith. And you do that by thinking the right things, speaking the right things. Because when you sow a thought, you reap a word. You sow a word, you reap an action. You sow an action, and what you do over time becomes your character. You sow a character, what you do over a certain amount of time becomes your character. How you live and base your life off your character, that becomes your destiny. And guess what it all started with? A thought. So now the negative thoughts that you're thinking and the thoughts that the devil's handing you and the thought that the enemy is bombarding your mind with, now you start to understand, wow, that's why there's so much warfare in my thought life. Because if he can ruin your thought life, he can ruin your marriage. He can affect the way you raise your kids. Mm -hmm. For instance, let's say one of your kids irritates you. I know that probably never happened to anybody in here. <laughs> and you just say, you know what, I'm just going to shrug it off. And you don't take that thought captive and cast it down. You don't, you don't pray the opposite of the temptation of the irritation. Okay. Guess what? Over time... People say, oh, it's not a big deal, man. I just struck irritation off in my marriage or frustration. I said, oh, really? Well, whether you know it or not, that seed landed. And I don't know if you, like, let's just think about these pebbles, these seeds as pebbles. How many times you get irritated during a day? Maybe 10? Maybe 10 is an easy number. But you can drive to work in Dallas and get frustrated 15 times before you get there, right? You can be getting your kids ready for school and get frustrated at least five times. Like, oh, Lord, I know these kids are a blessing, but whoo, whoo. Lord, don't let me be blessed so much, please. <laughs> and so that negative thought comes in and you just let it land. And so have you, has ever had a pebble in their shoe? One pebble? Yes. One pebble is irritating, right? Yes. Let's just say you let 10 pebble, pebbles land in your heart and you don't get them out of your heart. Which we're going to talk about how to get these things out of your heart in a second. But I want, I want you to get this illustration of how important this fourth truth is going to be, which is taking these thoughts captive and casting them out. So... You have these 10 pebbles on this, on this table. Doesn't seem like a lot, but then you add them up over a week, that's 70 thoughts of irritation, of unforgiveness in your marriage, in how you're dealing with your kids, in your boss, at your work, or your finances, whatever the case may be. That's 70 a week. That's 140 every two weeks. That's 280 every month. By the end of the year, you've got over 3,000 negative seeds that have been planted in your marriage, in your children's life, at your job, in your finances, in your life period. And then you're wondering, how are all these weeds coming up in my life? Well, you've been planting them, or allowing them to be planted, and you've been watering them, because you haven't been ripping them out, you haven't been taking them out. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody in here. I'm here to spread you some truth that the battle's been won. Hey, we got the answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is releasing your faith. You've got the power to defeat this thing. So I'm not, I didn't come here just to get you hyped. I came here to let you in on some truth that the Bible actually teaches us how to rip that seed out. How to stop the worrisome thought from taking root in your heart. 
and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you go with me there, I just want you guys to get your eyes on it because this is going to be the foundation scripture of, of the fourth truth. It says, the Apostle Paul talking, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? His word. If he says you're blessed, but you're thinking you're cursed, you're not standing on the word of God. It's rising itself against the knowledge of God. If he says you're the righteous of God, and somebody tells you you're just an old sinner saved by grace, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. It says you're blessed and can't be cursed. You're above and not beneath. Blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Yeah. It says you're treasured possessions of the Father. Amen. It says in, in the book of Psalms, it says the thoughts that he thinks about you outnumber the sand on the earth. <laughs> that means my daddy's thinking about you all the time. He's thinking about me all the time. Amen. His thoughts are to prosper us. Amen. Never to harm us. The devil come to steal, kill, and destroy Jesus has come that you may have life and have it to the full. Amen. To the overflow. To the oh, oh boy, to the overflow. I preach that one more deep. <laughs> it says bringing every thought. How many thoughts? Every. You know what every means in the Greek? Every. <laughs> All. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Okay, I used to think this word punish disobedience. I used to think thought that meant like God's like going to punish me. No, He's talking about punishing the enemy. He's saying when you take thoughts captive, when you cast them down, when those thoughts rise against my knowledge of my word, who I say you are, then you punish the devil. By praying opposite temptation, and I'm going to release angel armies, armies, ministering spirits. The Holy Ghost is going to be fluttering around, doing His thing. It says that God watches over His Word to perform it. That's what the Word of God says. So, He's talking about punishing the disobedience the devil is trying to lay up in your hearts. He's not talking about you. God disciplines us by the love in His Word. The washing of the water of the Word. We have a loving, loving Father. Amen. We don't have a hellfire and brimstone Father. That's not who He is. You can't find that anywhere here. Amen. It's not here. Amen. We serve a God of grace, of abundance, of love, Amen. of patience, of Amen. mercy. Amen. That's, who, that's who we serve. Amen. I don't know who the most people serve, what they're preaching, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's not in the Bible. Amen. So, when you put this on flesh and bones, I want to take you to a three-step three process of what, the, what this looks like. And if you use these three steps, they will revolutionize your life in defeating worry, anxiety, fear. It will improve your marriage. It will improve the way you talk to your kids. It will improve the way that you show up for work and actually produce at work. It has affected and infected in a positive way every area of my life. Because so many times I went to church and heard a history lesson. A history lesson isn't going to set you free. Amen. 
Amen. They're real nice, but if you don't teach me anything, if I don't give you anything to bring the Spirit of God and the Word of God together in the power, then I have done you a disservice as a man of God who preaches the oracles of God. Because God promises victory. He promises prosperity. He promises richness in every area of your life. Rich in God. Rich in forgiveness. Rich in prayer. Rich in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Richness in every area of your life. Like the man said over here, the overflow. Amen. The overflow. Amen. So this three-step process. The first process of, say, a negative thought comes to your mind. Remember, you can't help the negative thoughts that come into your mind, but you can have full capability of how you respond to them. So a negative thought comes to our mind. The first step is we call it the spiritual stiff arm, or the Heisman, or the spiritual slap down of the devil, if you will. Or maybe ladies in here, uh uh, you know, like when your husband's telling you something you don't want to hear, uh uh, talk to the hand. Uh uh, screw it! Don't do it! It's funny, it's goofy, but I promise you, you'll remember it. So when that thing comes in, boom, stiff arm. How does, what does that look like? I refuse that thought in the name of Jesus. Devil, demon, get out of here with that thought. I refuse to take that thought. That's not my thought. In Jesus' name, I refuse that thought. Amen. That's the first slap down of the devil, the stiff arm. The skirt, stop it. So right now, you stopped that negative seed from taking root in your heart. And then... How many of us know that that thought still entered your mind? So something landed. Not the full power of it, but something landed. So the second step is getting out of your heart, releasing out of your heart what the enemy tried to put in. So let's say that negative thought was about your marriage, about your husband, let's just say, be irritated. I know, I know, ladies, that he never does anything to irritate you. I know that happens. I know. Are looking at me like, oh my God, I'm right in here. So let's just say your husband maybe did some irritation. You probably didn't have often, but maybe. So something, a thought of irritation comes. You say, you know what? That's rising against my marriage. That's rising against the knowledge of God. That's rising against, because God is not a God of frustration or irritation or impatience. That's what the Word of God says in Corinthians 13. He's the opposite of that. So right there, you refuse that, I refuse that thought about my husband in the name of Jesus. And then, so you've got to get that out of your heart because a little bit landed. So what I do is, what, the second step is called the forgiveness exchange. So I say, Lord, Lord, I just cast this upon you, Lord. This is a, whatever it is, I name it. Lord, I cast this frustration upon you, Lord. Lord, forgive me for this frustration, Lord. I receive forgiveness, Lord. I forgive myself. I forgive my husband. I forgive you. And in this step, you practice self-forgiveness, receiving forgiveness from God, and also giving forgiveness to others. So you're releasing out of your heart what the devil tried to put in. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, then God is just and faithful to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means the things you didn't even confess, He's cleansed you from. So you began to do this throughout the day, all day long. The devil tried to tempt you with 30 negative thoughts. You just blessed your life 30 times. You just got your heart clean 30 times. And so you start walking in the love of God. People say, walk in love, what does it look like? It looks like these three steps. So it also says in, in 1 Peter 5, 7, and I love this scripture, it says cast, and amplify this for sure, cast all your worries, all your fears, all your anxieties on because he cares for you. Amen. Cast it on Jesus. Cast it on. Amen. So that's what you're doing in this second step is you're practicing forgiveness, 
giving forgiveness, receiving forgiveness. You're practicing self-love, receiving forgiveness from God, loving yourself, forgiving yourself. Because how many of us know we can kick our own butts all day long? And sometimes we'll, we'll get, we'll get, I cannot believe I felt that way about my husband or my wife or my child. I cannot, and the devil will come in like, oh yeah, you're a bad parent. You shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. And you should feel guilty in them. You have to stop all that. And that's what second step does. It allows you to walk in that perpetual state of forgiveness because you're practicing this all day long. And so it's the release. Because people say, well, people often say that they're, they don't have to really release their faith or release something like, oh, I forgave them. I just shrugged it off. It's all good. It's, it, it didn't affect me. They think just because they're saved that that thing is just automatically gets out of their heart. No. Jesus said in the Word, the Holy Spirit writer of Peter said, that cast, you cast, all your anxieties upon him. You see, God already told us that the devil's defeated. But you can't find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus said, pray to me and I'll just about the devil. No. He said, you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. Give the devil no place in your life. For we wrestle against rulers, principalities, and powers. We wrestle. So he was always telling us, us to do something about the devil. Stand firm. You put on the whole armor of God. He's always telling us, I've given you the power. The power is in your room. The power is been provided. God brought the power. He paid the price, the blood of Jesus. You are, you are, you are, you are, the power power's right here. It's right here. Amen. And if those of you who the Holy Ghost, you already know it, it's right here. Yeah. It's, it's coming out. It's there. Flip the switch. Flip the switch. Um, no, you wouldn't call TXU and be like, TXU, uh, yeah, we're at the church right now. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a dark sanctuary right now. And like, uh, well, it seems to me like Mr. Paul paid the bill and, and the power's in the room. I said, yeah, yeah, we know that, but we want you to come flip the switch. They were like, uh, yes, we're going to call the insane asylum and we'll have them over there in five minutes. People were like, oh, that sounds so silly. Oh, really? How many times do you just let the devil bully you in your life? How many times do you let those negative thoughts just land in your life? How many times does sickness and disease come in your life? You don't say, I bind you by the blood of Jesus. I remove you out of my life in Jesus' name. How many times does the devil come against your family, against your child, and you don't say, loose it in, devil, by the blood of Jesus. I call them healthy. I call them healed. I call them marriage turning around. I speak to them like that. I speak to mountains, and I watch them move in my life. But I put the switch. I'm telling you, and you can do the same. It's not because I'm a preacher. Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. Amen. That we'll lay our hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. That in his name we'll speak in new tongues. That in his name we'll cast out demons. In his name that nothing, 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 nothing will by any means hurt us. That we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So you got the second step. You got to release it. You got to release it. How many of us know in, in football... Nothing happens to you, release the football. In basketball, nothing happens to you, release the basketball. Baseball, nothing happens to the pitcher, releases it. You've got to release it. You've got to, you've got to say, Father, by my will, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiving this person by my will. And, and sometimes, hey, he'll make you mad. I'm not saying this, this is easy. I said it's simple. I didn't say it was easy. It'll be the hardest thing you ever do. But it'll be worth it. So sometimes I'm so mad, Lord, I know I'm mad right now. Lord, but by faith, I'm forgiving this person, Lord, in Jesus' name. But Lord, woo, if they keep talking like this, Lord, I'm going to have to praise some more. Woo, I'm mad. 
So by faith, I'm just getting that out of my heart, even though I don't feel like it. Because don't be moved by what you feel. Be moved by the Word of God. Because how many of you know that truth will change facts? I said it again. Truth will change the facts. Because the facts only deal off sensory perception. The truth deals off the spiritual realm. So when I pray, I may not see it, but I know the Word of God is active, alive, sharpening a two-edged sword. And it's discerning. It's moving. It's powerful in the spiritual realm. There's all kinds of things moving on my behalf. So we got the first step, the slap down the devil, the skirt, the spiritual stiff arm. The second is what I call the forgiveness exchange and the release. The third step of this process, the first two steps were defensive. You can't play a football game, basketball game, can't win it. Can't win it playing just straight defense. Baltimore Ravens almost did it a couple of years, but they had to have some kind of offense. Offense got to score. So this third step is offensive. What you're going to do is you're going to pray like we talked about earlier, opposite of the temptation. People say, how do you pray this step? Whatever the enemy's handing you, you pray opposite. He's praying, he's, he's talking about unforgiveness with your spouse. You pray favor over them. Lord, I thank you that my husband's blessed. I thank you that he, if he's being impatient, disrespectful. Lord, I thank you he's respectful. I thank you he's blessed. I thank you to bust him on his job. Lord, I thank you I'm surrounding him with the love of God. Your wife has done something to get on your nerves. I know that probably didn't happen then either. But I'm just saying, if it, if it happens, if it does happen, <laughs> Lord, I thank you that I'm surrounding her by the love of God. I thank you that she is patient. I thank you that she is loving. Start calling the things that you want in your spouse and your children and stop letting the enemy tell you, oh, that child's not going to turn around. Oh, you just, I mean, just, if we can just make it, to, if we can just make it to here, our marriage is going to be all right. But then the devil will steadily beat you up about all kinds of stuff. You know, if I can just get, if I can just get retired, then, man, all my, all my dreams will come true. If you ever use the words, I'll be happy when, <laughs> that I'll be happy when thing is an idol in your life. Because you're waiting to live in the victory that God provided right now. What does it say? It says, now faith. Yeah. And he was not, now faith. Yeah. Now faith. So right now, but right now, right now. Yeah. Right now faith. And so you're going to pray the opposite of temptation. And by faith, you're going to call the situation, you're going to call light into the situation. And at that point, you become very expensive, the devil will mess with, because you become like this dispensary for blessings. And you start dumping on the devil with a spiritual AK, like, boom, 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 boom. And there's things moving all kinds in the spiritual realm. There's angel armies flying around, ministering spirits. It says that the ministering spirits were sent to us. Those who would inherit salvation is what it says in the book of Hebrews. So this third step is very offensive in nature. And it's going to remind you to release your faith. Because the first two, you stopped them. You got out of your heart. You practiced self-forgiveness. But, the, but the, the third step is where you become this dispensary for blessing your life. So every time the devil tempts you, you're stopping him. You're practicing forgiveness. And then you're releasing faith in your life. So let's say you get 30 negative thoughts a day, which probably is, is probably is, is at a minimum. That's 30 opportunities you have to choose to bless your life and the people's lives around you. And you will, when you do this, your life will begin to be so abundant. At first, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not going even gonna cut it a little bit short. You don't even realize how many negative thoughts you have a day until you start taking inventory of them. And at first it's gonna be overwhelming. Give yourself some grace. 
Like you, you, you don't just, you just don't. I didn't jump in the game going to NFL. It took me years to get up to that point where I was able to and, and, and able-bodied enough to play that level. It took me years. I didn't just start squatting 650 or out the gate. I had to work up to that. I didn't start out benching 400 pounds. I had to work up to that. So understand, give yourself some grace. This is not a works-based. This is a victory-based exercise. So at first, it's going to be mechanical. But after a while, man, now it's like breathing for me. It's like breathing for me. Every time, every time a negative thought comes, I repeat that thought in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive me. I forgive myself. Uh, Lord, I've just been you know, to start praying off the temptation. Lord, I thank you that their life's blessed. Lord, I thank my life's blessed. I thank you that, that you're surrounded as a person with the love of God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And I release my faith. And so you become this dispensary's blessing. So the best analogy you've ever seen is, let's just say you're on the beach. Everybody likes the beach, right? I love the beach. So if you're on the beach and you've got this palm tree. And in this palm tree is anything that you want that's in the Word of God. You want prosperity. You want your marriage to be blessed. You want, you're looking for your kid to turn around. You're looking for your boss to not be your boss anymore. <laughs> not be a mean to you. you want, you're looking to have passion and work. Whatever you need is in this tree. And imagine this. With your words, with your confession, you start pulling these things down. So you want you pull blessings down. You pull favor down. You want to be worthy in your heart. Lord, I thank you that I'm worthy. I thank you that I'm the righteous of God. Lord, I thank you that I'm in you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that I have authority. Lord, I thank you that I walk in this, whatever you want. I thought I think my marriage is blessed. You're pulling these things down in the spiritual realm by faith. And if you do these things, your life will radically change. God wants to be involved in every single aspect of your life. He's looking for a love relationship with you. And that is the biggest thing I can tell you is that every single thing you do involve God in it. Because he wants to bless your life. Move from being religious-based works to having a love relationship. Because I tried everything. I tried religion. I tried works. I used to be a motivational speaker. I still do that sometimes today. I used to be a counselor. I still do that sometimes today. But I used to do that for my peace. Okay, I used to say, okay, go to church, pay your tithes, volunteer at the church, do more good than bad. But I never felt filled. There was always this loneliness, this, this something missing. So I was like, well, I just got to make more money. I got to be more successful in football. So I went on and, and was very successful in football. Went on to run several successful businesses. Went on to do all kinds of drugs, to do all kinds of women. I tried to put everything you can in that void. Everything you could imagine in your life that you've seen on TV, professional football player, I threw in there. And guess what? It didn't even hit the sides. It didn't even hit the sides. It didn't even get close. Because how many of you know that there's only one thing that that heart is built for? And that's a love relationship with Jesus Christ, not a religion. So if you're sitting here and you're still feeling lonely, and you're still feeling like God's far from you, recognize He's right here inside of you. He's given us bold and unrestricted free access to Him. Start talking to Him. Start declaring favor of everything you do. Everything I do, I try to involve God in. Because I know that He cares about the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And when you start working this thing like a relationship, you will get relationship results. And I promise you, whatever loneliness you have, eradicate it. Whatever depression you have, eradicate it. Whatever anxiety you have, done. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. I'm saying it's a process. Just like forgiveness is not a one-time event, it's a process. So is this love relationship with Jesus. But I'm telling you, it is so abundant. So if you find yourself today living just 
maybe religious or worse place, and you want to move into a love, love relationship with Jesus, just start crying out to him on a daily basis and talking to him like he's your best friend. And if you find yourself being dominated by worry, start putting these four truths into play, realizing that worry even a little bit is sinful. And again, I said it sets you free not to condemn you. Realize that you can't add any time to your life by worrying. Realize that, you know what, I need to take this worry, worry out of my life. And I say, I say that, you know what, I'm concerned about that. I'm going to pray about it. And when you put this fourth truth into play in every area of your life, you begin to challenge those thoughts and dominate the enemy. And I promise you, the better yet the word of God promises you, that you will live in the victory that Jesus Christ paid for. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. And I'm going to bring uh, Mr. Paul up. I'm not sure how you guys do the, the last part of the session. But I just want to, I just want to pray for you real quick um, before Mr. Paul comes up. If you would just you kind of bow your heads and just reach your hands out to me. I just want to impart a blessing on you. Lord Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Father, that you have had your way in this place. Lord, I call every bond in this place broken. I call every chain shattered. I call every yoke broken in the name of Jesus. I call every mountain in their life removed by the name of Jesus Christ. And Holy Spirit, fire, I call you down upon their lives. That you would burn in their lives, Lord. That your love would burn from inside them, oh God. And they would be on fire for you, Father. I thank you they will put these precepts into practice, these four troops into practice, Lord. And I thank you that they will live in the victory that is your grace. In the name of Jesus, the church said. Thank you for listening to another Sterling Harris Ministries teaching. For this and other inspired teaching and preaching, visit us at sterlingharris.org. And always remember, Jesus loves you.